in the morning when you need the news that matters most. They can kiss my f***ing ass right downtown and print it. You need the front page. All these mother editorials. On the press box. They're really, really behind you around here. My f***ing ass. With Graney and Bischoff. Rip them mother f***ers. Rip them cuckoo suckers like the f***ing players. Bill Nicholson won the PGA Championship, and at 50 years old, he is the oldest to win a major. Uh, I enjoyed the 18th hole. Uh, I think golf golf as a sport can be relatively boring compared to all of our other sports, but it's when you have fans that are reacting like that that's when golf is fun. That was awesome. When you have fan reaction to what's happening in golf, the sport can be awesome. It's like following up... uh... Uh, following up Tiger on a Sunday, like going 18 when he has a lead, that that was one of. I was at the um, U.S. Open one year. The last time he won the U.S. Open at Torrey, and it was just he played. Uh, he played. Uh, I think Rocco in a was it. Uh, yeah, it was a Monday playoff. But you're in those swarms and stuff, and walking up, it's amazing. It's, it's absolutely amazing when you get in those swarms of people going up 18. That to me yesterday, I was watching on my phone because I was in the airport. But man, when they took the overhead shot of that. It was amazing yeah. that he even got through it. I, it was, I mean, the funniest part, and maybe it's not funny if you're actually one of the golfers, is they didn't even wait for the golfers to walk no. to the green before they had swarmed around Yeah, the green. it was amazing. <laughs> they um, had to somehow, like, funnel Phil Mickelson through the crowd with human shields around him. I thought um, I thought it was incredible. We were laughing because I think, I saw I saw over the weekend there was a ticket out there. I think the guy bet 100 bucks. He had to fill it. 2200 2200 one it was he's gonna win like 25 grand whatever it was first thing i said even after the third round i said oh you gotta hedge that get rid of that thing i mean because you're thinking here's kepka a lot younger it's a fourth day for a guy who's 50 that's really difficult to keep keep the focus and what you have to do especially the way phil plays he's so up and down you never know what he's gonna do i hope the guy kept his ticket i really ride I, I hope he kept it. I don't know if I mean I wouldn't have. I would add that thing on prop swap. And we were saying That's, that. Okay, let me ask you this, both of you. So I think he was going to win twenty five grand. It was one hundred one at whatever the odds were. Like we started. I was talking to Kevin, your Kevin Bolger about this. Like, what would you have taken for the ticket after the third round? He's one up on Kepka, and like Ustazen's within two, and it's like, man, can he get through another round? Like, this sounds crazy. I think if someone at that point gives me a thousand bucks, that I'll take the thousand bucks. Oh, a thousand. I, I was, don't know. I was thinking five thousand. Okay. I just, I just had. I, I loved that he won it. There's, I just didn't think that he could hold Kepka off or someone like that. I think this is actually like the ultimate Luke Perk Dandy question of no. Like, I've been asking you, this did, week. Did I don't know. Somebody did some idiot. I wonder if someone put that ticket up. I know what would he have gotten for it? Like, there's got to be some guy who sold that a prop swap who's just like, no, five thousand. I'd be. I mean, like I said, if you, if you did walk away with five on a hundred dollar bet. You'd have to feel good. I mean, you'd be bummed because he won it. You could add three, four times that much. But, man, I just, great for him. I thought it was awesome. I thought it was great. Next question. The Hawks beat the Knicks 107-105. Trey Young had 32 points and 10 assists hit the game-winning shot. Which, by the way, his game-winning shot, I loved so much that the Knicks sent a double team at him and Trey Young just dribbled around the double team and scored. <laughs> like, he, like... Very clearly, you should pass it when they just completely double off of one of your teammates in that situation. But he said, nah, I'll just dribble around the entire double team and hit a floater. I 
Trey Young, I think, like, if I was eight years old again, I'd probably end up being a Hawks fan because Trey Young would be the guy I'd be like, that's that's my favorite. What player. was the stat I just read on Twitter? First playoff game, two people in history, 30, 10, 10, whatever it was, him and LeBron James. So and you're in that company after your first playoff game, you're pretty good. Yeah. So the, the, the crowd at Madison Square Garden was a lot of fun, too, and it's even better when Madison Square Garden has to be shut up by the opponent. opponent. That's the best part about Madison Square Garden. So Trey Young's a ton of fun. We talked about Devin Booker. I think, oh. I think these are the two guys that have a chance to, like, elevate themselves to that next level of stardom in the NBA where people know who they are. People know they're good, but, like, you, you have playoff moments like Trey Young just did. You can you can become in that next level of, of star in this league. What would be better for you guys? This this series going the distance are just swept off the court and all you, you all you get to see is just Knicks fans just being like, Oh we just got I'd, here. I'd rather him eliminate them in what would be five. So I'd rather Madison Square Garden. Yeah, be in yeah. Madison yeah. Square. I want him to advance because I love watching him. He's like Tyler was saying, Booker, there's just if you're not a fan of only one team, I just like the other teams advance. I just want to like players like it was like with LaMelo and stuff. So Trey Young's one of those guys, but I would like him to beat him in five there. If they're gonna win, I'd rather that happen. I'd be okay with them beating him in seven at Madison Square. No, Garden. as long as it ended, as that long as he fun. beat them it's, in the garden. Yeah. As long That'd as we get a picture of just distraught Spike Lee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and you're not gonna get that if they're in Atlanta. Oh, you don't think he he might fly down? I mean, he'll be there. It's just I don't know if the. It's better if he's in Madison Square. <laughs> Man, you know that's a great question. The Mavericks beat the Clippers one thirteen one oh three. Luka Doncic had thirty one eleven and ten. But what I thought was most interesting from this one is the three point shooting discrepancy because the Mavericks made forty seven percent of their threes in this game. The Clippers made just twenty eight percent of their threes. That leads me to believe the Clippers are going to be fine because those two percentages are not going to continue over the course of a series. Uh, so I think the Clippers will ultimately be fine because of that three-point discrepancy coming, regressing back to normal. Let me ask you something. I think it's really interesting that before, the, after the bubble last year and then after game one, you see quotes from Kawhi Leonard saying, we're not smart enough defensively. He always brings that up, and he's the best defensive player on the team. But he said that after the bubble. He goes, if we want to win at a high level, you have to be smart. He keeps saying smarter. Like, I didn't get to watch the game. I do agree with you because they're not going to shoot 23% from three. They're the best three-point shooting team in the league. Like, he always brings this up. Like, what is he mostly talking about? Because he's ta he has said this now several times. So what I'm curious defensively for the Clippers is they did it fairly often throughout the game where they would just send a double team at Luka Doncic, like, when he got across half court, like not like when he was, you know, in a scoring position, but just he came across half court. They just send a double team at Luka Doncic and they were playing four on three behind it because Luka would immediately right. pass it. A, I'm curious what like Dallas's points per possession were off of that, because I'm amazed how often NBA teams in the playoffs just double a guy when he comes across half court because it's like it, it can't be good for you overall because you, NBA players playing four on three are going to score. They're just too good offensively. They're going to score. But so I'm curious that, but also. When you have Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Why are you doubling that much? Right. Like, shouldn't you be the team that's best equipped to guard Luka Doncic one-on-one? Well, -on -one? Someone, someone at halftime, I didn't watch it, tweeted, why don't they put Kawhi on Luka in the second half? Right. And I'm like, why isn't he already on? Yes. I don't and get that. Like, that's like the whole, like the Clippers, when you look at how they're built, that's one of the key things is they've got Kawhi and Paul George. Who can defend. Great, great defenders. defenders yeah. That can presumably guard anybody who's not a center. Right. 
and for some reason you're not using him on Luka Doncic and you're sending double teams to Luka it, it, that part of it didn't make a whole lot of sense to yeah. me because that's that's what the Clippers that's what sh- their strength should be is we've got Kawhi and Paul George who can both defend can anybody one on one guard anybody in the league I'm out uh, the Milwaukee Bucks beat the Heat 109-107. Chris Middleton hit the game-winning shot with half a second to go. But the only important part of this game is that Giannis was called for a 10-second violation on a free throw. Have you ever seen that actually called? No. No. Oh, like, I can recall, I... like, being told that was a rule when I was, like, yeah. in middle school or something. But I have never actually seen it. I don't think it. I've ever seen it at any level. Yeah, I've never actually seen no. it. Like, I, I was aware that it was a rule because somebody Who's along counting the way those told me 10? That. Oh, yeah. one, two. You're really but doing the, that? The interesting part is that this is how Giannis has shot free throws all year. He's taken yeah. damn near 10 or more seconds every time. So, like, teams have probably complained about it. But the problem for me is if you didn't call it once the entire regular season and now in the playoffs, you're going to call it like that to me seems like, all right, like now you're just changing the rule for the playoff. If I recall correctly, it was Dwight Howard and somebody would like, while he was shooting free throws, somebody like, God, I want to say it was Kevin Garnett would literally be doing this. Oh, he'd be counting it out. <laughs> like he would be, yeah, he'd be counting it out like dramatically, and then like he'd get to ten, and he would just start flashing ten <laughs> fingers to the ref, like, "Can we get him to go?" That's crafty wording right there. I give you credit. <laughs> LeBron James was not suspended uh. for violating COVID protocol, so he was at an event for a tequila brand. Uh, the reports are that the NBA is not suspending him because it was an outdoor event that required masks. So even though it was in violation of protocol, it was a safer violation of protocol than like Lou Williams going to get some wings at a strip club. Um, is this just, I mean, it, as cynical as it is, is this simply they, they, they're not going to suspend LeBron James? Well, I'm mad at LeBron James because he brought my favorite young actor into this story, Michael B. Jordan, who was also at the event. And, Mike, and Michael B. Jordan actually had to prove he was vaccinated. I don't know if LeBron did. Um, this is, look, I'd love the conversation between someone walking in Silver's office saying, look, we got this issue. <laughs> LeBron was at the thing. He's scheduled to play Sunday on national TV in the time, prime time. And what do you think we should do? If that's Kyle, I'm going to ask Jameson. If that's Kyle Kuzma at the tequila vodka party with Michael B. Jordan, Kyle Kuzma's not playing the next day. I mean, he's just not. Haven't other guys been suspended for these protocols, right? Last year they were. Okay. And I, I, were they during the regular season? I'm having a hard time remembering off the top of my head if anybody did get during What was the he there for? Season. Why would he even? I mean, he probably thinks I'm LeBron. They wouldn't do it, but. Isn't that an automatic right now with these protocols that you don't go places well, like that? So the curious part on this is that LeBron has refused to say whether or not he's vaccinated or not. Mm-hmm. And I'm not 100% sure on the NBA's relaxed protocol rules. But if you're vaccinated, you can do more things. Like, you have more freedom. So your so, team doesn't have to be at 85%? You can just prove, hey, I'm, I got my card? Well, we don't know if they're at 85%. Well, I think they actually are. Because Dennis okay. Schroeder came out and said that he and a teammate were the only ones not vaccinated. So, like, I think they are over 85%. So it, it almost leads me to believe that LeBron James is, in fact, vaccinated. And that's part of the rationale is why he wasn't suspended is because, okay, like, you're vaccinated. It was masked. You were outside. Like, that should be fine. But, again, he hasn't said I mean, that he is or is not. If he's vaccinated, like I said, 
I think we're both same. I don't care either way. I just think it's funny that it's him. It is. If it's yes. anyone else, they're like, oh, he's vaccinated. And that's where the narrative on Twitter, wherever, jumped on it and stuff like that. I don't care either way. I hope he's vaccinated if he is going out amongst people, but it's just because it's him that makes it yes. hilarious. What do you think? All right, let's get this one in here. Lights FC right. lost to Phoenix Rising. Five to one. Three? They are, yes, have lost all three games they have played this season. They were outshot 41 to 10 and 20 to 5 in terms of shots on goal. It's actually impressive the Lights scored a goal, (laughs) to be completely honest with you. It's impressive they scored a goal in this game. Phoenix is like best team in the league, right? Like they're they're one of the top two or three teams in this league. There was no expectation the Lights FC would Wait, win this game. Were they better that team that beat them like 7-0 or something? Uh, yes, Phoenix is. Yes, Phoenix should be better than pretty much everybody. But for Lights FC to not be competitive, and to be fair, they haven't really been competitive against Phoenix and Andy. I think Chalice is the only Lights manager to ever beat Phoenix. So they haven't really had much success against Phoenix anyway. But for it to be that bad, that embarrassing is is pretty brutal when we thought Lights FC's roster was going to be decent this year and you lose to Phoenix 5-1. to I'm reading the rundown here. I, I skipped a sentence. I'm like, damn, they got a, they got a shot 41-10 to 10 just by one team? Yes. Yes. Oh, oh that's my Phoenix. God. That's, I thought that was their that's, I thought no, that no. was 0-3 and, and they got out shot 41 to uh, no, 10 that is, games. that is Saturday. Phoenix had 41, 41 shots. 41 20 on goal? 20 on goal, 41. Who are these shots. people that are borrowing from the LA team? Can I make the team? Wait a minute. I thought that was three games combined. No, 41 to 10 was no. the you single. You should be game starting a striker. What I the should. hell's going on here? 41 to 10 was the shot. I swear I, you say because the round the roundup reads if a great radio here, but it says lights have lost all three games. And the next sentence is outshot forty-one to ten. I'm like, eh, that's not very good in three games. Now you tell me it was it's Sunday. One game. That's a single game. They outshot forty-one was, to ten. That was the my favorite part of Twitter reacting to it is, you know, honestly, they should have lost by more. They their <laughs> lights goalie 20, made. Who's the Knights goalie? That guy needs like a raise. Li- so lights, their goalie, their goalie started the first two games actually got hurt, seasoning and ending injury. So they trying to save all the shots. They signed a guy. And funny, the guy they signed's last name is Rando. So they signed this Rando guy to come be their goalie. <laughs> and he had he made 15 saves in his first game and gave up five. Like, he made 15 saves in a game, and they still lost five to I one. Just, are they, it's still a situation of barring players, right? That's what's going to yeah, be the well, whole year? Yeah, I mean, they Are they have, the same guys every game? Uh, for the most part. It was a little worse this time around because LAFC played the same day. So, like, they didn't get Danny Musovsky loaned down to him. But, yeah, there doesn't seem to be much hope for this roster being any good the rest of the season. That's too bad. I, I, I absolutely, this is, I was not trying to be funny. I seriously, the way you were at the roundup, I'm like, man, I've given up 41 shots in three games and 20 a goal. That's too bad. And you're telling me it was like one game. Like, damn, that goalie had a good game. 41 shots for Phoenix <laughs> on Saturday. All right, coming up next, why haven't the Raiders already traded for Julio Jones? Find Bobo. Here's King, who's never scored an A-League goal for Ninkovic. Bobo, brilliance! A really tight window for the Sydney FC number nine. But he worked a little magic again in company with Milos. And Sydney FC celebrate in front of the RBB, if you don't mind. It's 1-0 in the derby. We're back to the Press Box Morning Show with Ed Greeny and Tyler Bischoff. Be part of the conversation on the Finley Kia text line at 69187. Finley Kia, come see a Kia on West Sahara. 
I lost a bet, Ed, by the way. You were out on Friday. And I well, lost who'd you bet? bet. Uh, well, that's our Australian soccer team. But we'll get more into that oh, at 845. Yeah, we'll get more into that at 845 at what I have to do now that I lost this bet. Oh, no. Um, coming it's up not at like 8- money or anything? No, no. Oh, coming up no. at 830, it is uh, Ryan Wallace will join us. We'll get back into the Golden Knights. But now we're going to talk a little bit about Julio Jones and the Raiders because... I think this is just a given with any big name player that's ever named available. The Raiders have the second best odds to land Julio Jones behind the 49ers. Um, how serious should the Raiders actually consider trying to acquire Julio Jones? I think they should be really serious until either they're outbid or they feel that it's too much. I, they, why wouldn't they be one of the ones calling? They need to get the playoffs. They need to add players, as many players as they can to get the playoffs. I mean, again, I think you come up with what you believe is value, and if they laugh at you, then you have to make a decision on what you do more, or someone's just going to you know, give you better odds. But they should be in it, just like they should be on June 1st and Aaron Rodgers. I think they should be anyone that makes them better. The problem for Julio Jones is the Raiders don't have cap space, and they don't have a lot of obvious choices to create cap space uh, to acquire Julio Jones. Because if you're, if you're getting Julio Jones, you're taking on a significant chunk. $15 million, I think, is what his uh, cap hit would be coming to the team that would trade for him. The, the, they have one obvious way to make some cap space, but that's getting rid of Derek Carr. And cutting He's, Derek Carr would be kind of stupid after you just No, there's only Julio one guy Jones. they're doing that for. Right. It's if not Julio Jones. If you get another quarterback. <laughs> if you get Aaron Rodgers, then you have to then do that. You make, it makes yeah. sense. But outside of that, like they're ne- the next two players, because after Derek Carr, most of their highest paid players, when you look at like Yannick Ngakwe or Colton Miller, those guys, if they were to cut or trade them, the Raiders would owe more money against the salary cap than just letting them right. play for right. the team. So it does like most of their big earners outside a car. That's the situation where they can't cut. Them. They don't save any cap space by cutting them. The high after Derek Carr, the highest two players that they can cut and save money is Jalen Richard and Daniel Carlson, the kicker. And if they cut both of them to save money, they would save about $5 million. So for the Raiders to actually have enough space to acquire Julio Jones, they would have to trade away players. Because when you trade away some players, you don't have as big of a dead cap hit, if any at all. So I don't know that it, I don't know that there's enough they can do to make it work without gutting something else that might yeah. be more important than one wide receiver. I should have also said, I should have also, we said this last week, I should have also said, I'm not saying they shouldn't be in on it. But he's 32 with injury problems. So while he's really, really good, uh, you can't go crazy on what you might want to do cap-wise, like you said, or over-offer for him. If you're only one of the few who are in it and the Falcons are trying to rebuild as people say they are and they're trying to move him, maybe you get, maybe you can make it work. But you can't go crazy for a 32-year-old receiver who's hurt. Um, if they have to throw in someone else, what are the odds? if they throw in the long snapper, that Jared could get the Atlanta Falcons <laughs> to get that guy on the show more than the local team. 100%. Is there any chance next year, Jared will get the long snapper, but he'll have to say he's from Atlanta, and they t- returned our call right away, and he's on today. Trent Siege. Would can that be him, awesome? And the Atlanta Falcons on line one. How terrible of an idea is this, Jared? Can we get every other long snapper in the NFL oh. on the show? I mean, of all, I mean, yeah, I can put in the requests. Should <laughs> we do that? Well, We'd probably get a lot of yeses. How many people want to talk to those guys? That's what I'm saying. We'd probably get a lot of yeses. Hey, well, no, Johnny, we, there's we a station a, in Las Vegas. Wants to talk to you. Really? We we probably get a lot of 
wise. <laughs> yes, exactly. First, Are then, you guys trying to pull one over on us? Did this guy do something <laughs> illegal in Las Vegas? Why is why is this guy here? Why do you want the long snapper? <laughs> what if they wind up being really good, like really good talkers? Oh, we'd have them on like weekly. To be fair, if I was like the media relations guy of a random team in like a different city and someone in Las, Las Vegas, Vegas called, was I'd like, be hey, asking talk the long yeah. snapper, I'd be like, Hold yeah, on. But, Call the long snapper. Timmy, what did you do? Well, Timmy, where were you over the weekend? <laughs> <laughs> because someone in Las Vegas wants to talk to you, and we're very weird. And they're and they're they're uh, disguising themselves as a radio station. Who are these people who really want to talk? We're gonna to get you? these poor long snappers cut. <laughs> oh, they're gonna be like, we don't believe you. Didn't I don't think something. you you make the best point about the cap. I don't think it's gonna happen. But again, I think that they. It's like the story says they seem to kind of be involved with every big name, and and you know very rarely it works out for a lot of reasons. But like with Rogers, like with. Deshaun Watson before the craziness happened. Like, I just think they should make calls. There's nothing wrong with making calls. Yeah. And so the, the problem with like the cap space and what they'd have to do to create it, it's not about their current like situation. Now it goes back to the way they sort of address this off season where they spent the biggest money they spent in the off season was on Yanni Kingakwe. They got an edge rusher, which I, I don't think anybody has a big problem with the Raiders improving their pass rush, but their second biggest spending as far as against the cap this year was to re-sign Colton Miller. And that's the issue because had they not done that, they would have had an additional $9 million in cap space right now. And then it becomes much easier to find room for Julio Jones. So the, the way they spent their money this off season hindered their ability to bring in a player. Like if Julio Jones becomes available, it hindered their ability to go uh, not many, none of the wide receivers actually became free agents, but had Allen Robinson become a free agent that hindered their ability to sign an Allen Robinson because for some reason they decided to give Colton Miller that extension early and throw away $9 million against the cap this year. And then you throw in things like the Kenyon Drake deal and you just go down the list. Like they, they didn't do a good job of spending their money to set themselves up to acquire a big-name player like Julio Jones at some point. Well, I'm trying to think if they even could make the cap work. We talked about it last week. Well, what's he even worth? I mean, you're not giving up a one for him. Not a 32 Yeah, years the old. trade itself, I, I know. Um, He's 32. And he was it Albert played nine Breer, games last year. I think Albert Breer reported during the draft or around the, the draft that they wanted a first for him. No chance. Um, I wouldn't give up a first for him. Yeah, you're probably not trading it. The only the only way they get a first is if they have multiple teams saying, yeah, we've got to add yeah. Julio Jones. And we'll send you a first because it's, you know, whatever. We think it's going to be a late 20s pick or something like that. But even then. Bad hamstrings on 32-year-old receivers don't get better in time. Yeah. like I mean, the, they just don't get better the, overnight. The only way that I think you would actually get a first for Julio Jones is if you ate some of the salary. Like if the Falcons said, we'll pay whatever percentage of a salary. But then that would defeat the whole purpose of the Falcons trading Julio Jones. Yeah, because the only point. reason they, they want to, they want to get rid of him is yeah. to get rid of the cap hit so they can they, they, they can they, rebuild again, or whatever. They can't means. sign their rookies or right. their, their draft picks. They right. can't sign their draft picks right now. They have to do something. So for them to trade Julio Jones but eat some of the salary cap or some of the, the contract doesn't make a whole lot of sense because the whole point you're trading him is to get rid of the contract. So I highly doubt the he comes to the Raiders because it – it doesn't make a whole lot of sense with what they'd have to give up. You'd have to get rid of, you know, a lot of players to make room for Julio Jones, but it's not, it would certainly be a help. And it's, it's disappointing that the Raiders are in a position where they can't make this type of move because again, you look at their off season and where they spent their money and they gave so much to Colton Miller for no real reason. Right. I mean, right. There's, there wasn't really a great reason for giving that money to Colton Miller. So that's the bigger issue here is that they can't acquire a Julio Jones or any other player like that 
because of that contract or else getting rid of Derek Carr, which would be kind of dumb to trade for Julio Jones and get rid of Carr unless you really believed in Marcus Mariota. You'd have to really believe in him. All right. Peterman or Peterman. He's only making a million. Oh, they could go cheap. Get rid of Carr and Mariota and just start Nathan Peterman. So my first day of practice, I'll come back and tell you guys. Mariota's still big. Ruggs is still fast, but Jones is good. That'd be three. Like he won't and, be as he won't be nearly as fast, obviously, as Henry Ruggs or Josh Brown or whoever, but he'll be good. And you'll have to tell us where Peterman is. Because last year wasn't he always practicing oh, by himself? Yes, he was with, always with by himself. Practice he was guys by himself. Or yeah. He was like away from the Peterman's offense. about two steps away from the Aces practice facility <laughs> that they're building out there. Like <laughs> he was shooting hoops during practice. Where's Peterman? He's shot he's shooting free throws. Working on his shooting free throws. Working on his free throws. All right, coming up next, Ryan Wallace joins the show. Want to be part of the show? Call the Press Box voicemail and let us know. 702-720-4678 and leave your opinion. His pants. This isn't the Alex Ovechkin Power Hour. This is the VGK Update with Ryan Wallace. Follow him on Twitter at RyanHockeyGuy. I'm out. Uh, Ryan, before we get into any Golden Knight stuff, uh, is Connor McDavid cursed? Uh, I mean, Connor McDavid's an Oiler, so <laughs> I'll let you, I'll let you draw your own conclusions there. <laughs> How will Connor McDavid ever win a Stanley Cup? Uh, probably not with the Oilers. Um, man, that that's as rough an ending to a game. Um, as we've seen in what, like two years or so. But yeah, that's that's a tough one. Like I I think the Oilers are done in that series, which is unfortunate because you win that game, you have some life, you you probably get yourself back into it and win it. And now it's uh, down three games to none. I don't think there's enough good players on the Oilers not named McDavid and Dreisaitl to get it done. You might uh, discount the shorter. Coming back, I just thought of something. Um, Might mean nothing, but why not? Would McPhee make a run at, at at Ovechkin now that the contract's up? Maybe. I mean, that'd be I was, I didn't, I, yeah, it's, I just I just thought, well, his contract's up, and I don't know what you'd have to pay him at this point in his career, but there's that connection. Would I mean, would you, you standing here knowing the team, would you make the call? I mean, I, I guess it kind of depends on what would have to come out of the lineup, right? right. But like when it when it comes to Alex Ovechkin. Um, there's a lot of things that play there. One, he's an absolute bull on the ice. Two, you know exactly what he's going to do, and that score goals from the same spot every <laughs> single time. And when you're looking at a team in the Golden Knights that this season has struggled with their power play, you insert a player like Ovechkin, who is just automatic from that spot, and all you got to do is feed him the puck, and he'll eventually put one in. Um, that's a way to, to kind of help what ails you. But um, I, I think, I, I, I mean, I still think that Alex Ovechkin's going to command somewhere in the ballpark of 8 to $9 million. Like that's wow. probably what he's looking for. Um, whether or not teams can give it to him, that'll, right. that'll be the case. And whether or not he goes back to Washington and takes a little bit of a discount remains to be seen. But for me, like, I don't think the money's there for the Golden Knights to work Alex Ovechkin in without it fundamentally changing their team. Well, it's never stopped them before. You can just ship off two players and bring them in. It'll be great. I am surprised. Ovechkin's only 35. I thought he was a lot closer to 40. He might have like three, four more years left in him scoring 30-plus goals. Well, I mean, there was a reason that everyone thought he could 
track down Gretzky's all-time goal scorer yeah. record. Like, and and I still firmly believe that he could do it. The problem is he's going to have to play well, like probably until he's about forty-two, and I don't know that he's going to do that. Well, come to Vegas. We can be a retirement city. He's 35, brother. That vodka makes him a little older, though. <laughs> that vodka He's, makes that's a, him a little older. I'll tell you what, older. that's a hard 35. <laughs> <laughs> that's a hard 35. All right. Uh, on the Golden Knights, they're gonna, this series over, Ryan. Should we start previewing Colorado today? Oh, I'm not that. I'm not that crazy. <laughs> I, I know better, Tyler. I know better. Listen, I said it on the postgame show. Um, this is not about playing the dragons and feeding it supper just yet or feeding yourself supper uh, supper. I don't even understand that Darren Millard reference to be honest with you. But um no, I mean the the Golden Knights are in control of the series. And and after four games, based on the talent that the Golden Knights have, even without Max Pacioretty in terms of their high end skill, the Golden Knights have been better than the Minnesota Wild. And that's this is kind of what I expected to happen. Uh winning game three in Minnesota convincingly after only really playing two periods of hockey, I think was very demoralizing for the Minnesota Wild. And right now I think it's a team that realized their biggest asset was the fact that they never lost to the Golden Knights at home. Now that's been absolutely shattered. And I don't know that Minnesota is going to make the proper adjustments to get themselves back in the series. But it's not over until it's actually over. And I'm never going to say that it is over otherwise do you think they've slayed the dragon and now it's just a matter of uh of cooking up some some supper <laughs> when did he say that no is that the post game oh. i was in minnesota yeah. writing so i didn't need to hear that gem he tried to explain it to us at one point and i can't remember his explanation for it it's an old poll man it really is but uh <laughs> confusing and baffling like i i don't understand um Canadian euphemism. I don't. I don't even know if Canadians would claim that one. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Convince me otherwise. Nick Waugh is the best center on this team. Um, I mean, it's hard to discount Chandler Stevenson, right? Like he's been very good with Mark Stone and essentially whoever has been filling in when Max Pacioretty's been out of the lineup. I think William Carlson's probably right there too, like just all the things that he does well. In terms of uh, your your faceoff guys, like Nick Waugh oh, couldn't be better. Like doesn't lose him. At, he is absolutely the best draw man that the Golden Knights have. And you know, I, I still feel like if you gave Nick Waugh, Matthias Yanmark, and uh, Alex Tuck some some concerted time together as a line. They would grow in and build some chemistry. But, um, yeah, I mean, he had a big game, and, and he doesn't lose face-off. So those are very important things for Nick Waugh. I thought it was strange because I got to text my wife when I was in Minnesota saying, man, I, I saw someone who looks exactly like Pat Shreddy at Rachel's Kitchen. I said, no, that was probably him. <laughs> uh, he's probably there having breakfast. Uh, so <laughs> if for whatever reason he never went to Minnesota, uh, and there's this injury continues on, let's let's just take it one way. They advance, uh-huh. they advance, they meet the avalanche. It happens later this week. If he still is this day-to-day and he's just not there, take us through why specifically that will hurt them the most against this opponent comparative to what they're playing now. Because when you look at the Colorado avalanche, they're very, very balanced in the same way that Minnesota is, but their high-end stars are better. 
Nathan McKinnon is better than Kirill Kaprizov. Miko Rantanen is better than Kevin Fiala. Uh, Gabriel Landeskog is better than Joel Erickson. And so for the Golden Knights right now, while the balance and, and the depth might not necessarily be there without Max Pacioretty in the lineup, Mark Stone is, is still better than Joel Eric or Kevin Fiala or Kirill Kaprizov. And that's bared out over the course of these four games. If you're in a, if you're in a similar situation against Colorado and you don't have another one of your high end scorers in Max Pacioretty, then all of a sudden you're not as deep as Colorado and you're also not as skilled high end. Now it doesn't mean that Mark Stone can't go off in a series. It doesn't mean that Mark Andre Fleury can't steal you game. But you're going to need all hands on deck against the Colorado Avalanche because they're just that good. Although I will say this, the fact that Colorado swept St. Louis is the best possible outcome for whoever plays them in the second round because Nazem Kadri still has six games to serve on his suspension. And you take away your second line center, all of a sudden Colorado's still deep, but not as deep as they would have been if Nazem Kadri was still an option. Uh, so what you're saying is the Avalanche should have lost a couple of games of the Blues so they'd have Kadri sooner in the second round? I think that that would have been a really good strategy. Like, And, and I'm, not, like, I'm not even joking. Like, I would have given the Blues a couple of games and just tried to eat into that Kadri suspension a little bit more uh, going into the second round because the fact that Nazan Kadri cannot come back unless there's a game seven in round two kind of blows my mind, but, you know, we all saw this coming with him. I I don't think for and it might have already been happening. You might have seen this already. There's I don't think there's any chance Batman would decrease it because then he's just be going against his own people. Even if it goes to an arbitrator, do you think there's any chance any games are taken off? I can't see it. I, I really can't. Like it's it's a illegal blindside check to the head, and it's a player that has a history of doing it, especially in the playoffs. Like I. It, to me, eight games is like right in the middle of where I thought it was going to be. I, I wouldn't have been upset if they went double digits with it. Um, to be completely frank with you, like they should have gone 12 games, and that would have guaranteed he didn't play in the, in the remainder of the first round or any of the second round. Um, they didn't go that direction. That's fine. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that eight games is, is pretty fair when you consider his history. Will Pete DeBoer ever lose another challenge? Um, maybe not. I, I, I don't know. Like, <laughs> it, it, the, the, the winning of challenges mirrors the winning in Minnesota for the Golden Knights. Like, just can't figure it out in the regular season, but come playoff time, undefeated, <laughs> baby. Did you think it was goaltender interference? Okay, so I, here, here's where I stand on this. Based on the explanation given, it is goaltender interference. You have to allow a goalie to get into a position in their blue paint where they can set up and make a save. You have to allow them an opportunity to make their own unimpeded play on the puck. When Marcus Foligno backs into the blue paint, it becomes goaltender interference, regardless of how much contact, quote-unquote contact, there is. The only issue is, We've seen a lot less and a lot more be upheld. Like there's been actual physical contact inside the blue paint and goals have been, had, have stood. So um, 
I was surprised it came back, but I don't necessarily disagree with it at all. So you disagree with future calls, or I mean past calls is what you're saying. Yeah, exactly. Like, again, there, there have been situations where there has been more contact in the blue paint and the goal has stood. So I was a bit surprised to see this one come off the board. But in, in terms of the rule book, in terms of how it's written, it absolutely was goaltender interference. What do you think it'll be like tonight with 11,000? We're saying to the start of the show that if Minnesota doesn't score first and Knights do with that crowd, that might be it. But you kind of watch the wild the first seven minutes and just see kind of what kind of what juice they have left. Yeah, I, I think it, it like this game is way more about the Minnesota wild than it is the Vegas Golden Knights. And again, the, the Minnesota wild in this series had an opportunity in game two to kind of blow this thing wide open. Jonathan Marcheseau scores that goal 18 seconds later, and then all of a sudden it's, it's been the Golden Knights kind of slow building to this point. I really do look at the game in game three as demoralizing for Minnesota, and then you follow that up with, with game four. It's got to be a team that's kind of looking around, figuring out, wondering what the answer is for the Vegas Golden Knights. 11,000 people or more in the building is going to be electric. And for the Golden Knights, it's all about just, just kind of handling business. You've got Colorado sitting on the sidelines. Your goal is to play that team. You don't want to give them extra rest while you're continuing to slug it out with the Minnesota Wild. If you are going to win this series, win it tonight, take care of business now, because that gives you a little bit of time, I think, to rest up and get ready for Colorado. All right, Ryan, get out of here. We appreciate it. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, you can hear Ryan, Appreciate by the way, it. on the VGK Insider Show and on the pre-post and intermission show during Golden Knights games over on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Thanks. Thanks, Ryan. Take care. <laughs> Patch in town. Hey, it looks like him. Well, probably was. <laughs> can probably you was. be a game-time decision if you're not in That's the thing. Do you have to be in the same, well, state? Yeah, to be a game time decision. <laughs> they, no. no, it's got to be terrible to, for them to be like, all right, yeah, we are going to play you. All right, I'll jump yes. on a flight. Is Bill sending the plane? Because I can't get to Southwest in time. I do enjoy that. That DeBoer refused to uh, say whether he was there or, not or not he traveled with the yeah, team, just, but then said he's a game time yeah, decision for just, both games. <laughs> well, and here's the thing. I know at one point DeBoer said, look, um, I say this when he's ready, you know, I'll say something. It's like, no, this is how this is how it should work. If it's a, if we're all being fair on both sides. If you say someone's day-to-day and game time decision, you're getting asked every day about it. And you should be. Yeah. Absolutely. If you say someone if he comes out and says he's not in this series or like with Pet, uh, Petrangelo, I think he said like a couple weeks, you won't be asked about it until someone again sees him back on the ice. I know the track reporters won't ask that. You say day-to-day and game time decision, you're getting asked every day and you should. Just well, answer the question. I mean, sorry, don't then say he's out for two weeks and no one will care. Right, okay. So when there's an injury, you, timeline is what people want. That's all they know. want. They don't even care about the injury. And so if so, if a guy's injured and they say he's going to be out for four weeks, okay. When you get to that four week mark, you ask. You start asking about yes. it. Yes. So day to day is a timeline. Yes. Even if Pete DeBoer isn't telling the truth, it's too bad. Day to day is a you timeline. You have to answer it. Which means every day. Yes, you're asked. You're it. going to be asked yes. about it because when you say day to day, that means he could be ready yeah. today or the next day. I got emails saying day. you guys are being you know rude to question. No, we're not. If you say he's, and you make the best point of all. The type of injury, I'm telling you, I'm from a reporter's stance, from a beat writer's standpoint, I know that they think this. They don't care if it's I'm throwing out I'm throwing out shoulder, knee, ankle, whatever it is. I don't know what he has. Concussion, whatever it is. They don't care. They just want to know the timeline. Right. And by the way, 
I'm not even saying the public should know what it is. I'm not saying we should know exactly what his injuries. But if you're covering the team, you need to know, hey, don't ask about this because he's out two weeks. Okay, won't ask yeah. about it. But you keep saying day-to-day, you're getting asked. Right. I'm sorry. Because day-to-day is a timeline, and yes. that means every day his status exactly. could change. Every day he could play. Unless he's back in Summerlin and yeah. you're in Minnesota. Yeah. Here's a fun tweet. Uh, Julio Jones, when asked if he's going to be back to the fa- on the Falcons when he was on Undisputed this morning, said, I'm out of there. Ooh. Coming up next. Did he say from Henderson? <laughs> From was he, was he quoted from Henderson in Rachel's <laughs> Kitchen? Is there Rachel's Kitchen in Henderson, Nevada? Coming up next, our, our Sharp joins us, and I lost a bet. Our stats hogwash. Are you tired of hearing Tyler do math on the radio? Tweet at Bischoff underscore Tyler and at Ed Graney. It's time to find the sharp. Brought to you by PropSwap, where smart sports bettors buy and sell sports bets. Go to PropSwap.com today and find the very best odds. All right, Matt is back for a second day. He got the under in Dodgers and Giants on Friday night. Matt, where would you like to go with today's games? Let's take the Knights tonight. All right. We got you in for the Golden Knights uh, to beat the Minnesota Wilds. All right. So if they win that, we'll be talking to you again tomorrow. Uh, good luck, Matt. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Matt. All right. There he goes. Does that, does that feel like a safe pick? Uh, I'll tell you when I'm on a plane at six in the morning tomorrow to <laughs> Wait, Minnesota. I'll, I'll, te- I'll text you and say uh, thanks a lot, Matt. <laughs> is that what time your flight? <laughs> it's is? early. It's early. <laughs> flying flying through Midway. It'll be a good time. <laughs> you'll be on. You'll be on a plane before we go on yes, the air. It'll be a good time flying through Midway. Hey, what's going on, Matty? <laughs> good good call, uh, Matt. They they uh, let you use the internet on uh, planes now, right? So you oh, could, it's horrible. We could clean oh, feed. God, clean feeding from the air. Oh, do you know how, how, okay. Do you know how much people if around we, you would hate you? If we clean feed through the air, you're going to get up uh, and you'll never hear from me again. Because <laughs> the wireless, I won't say when I fly, it's not very good. I, so when, I was on the plane yesterday and one of our colleagues in the media said, hey, how's the internet here? And I just looked back like, can we stream? I'm just, uh, I smiled and said, don't, don't, don't pay the money. This is not going to be good. <laughs> I did that once. Where I, I bought the Wi-Fi on a plane, thinking, "Oh, I can I can stream a video." Yeah. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I after I bought it, I look as like good for emailing, and that's about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> and that's it. That's it. I lo- I was uh, going out to Minnesota. I, I and I knew I shouldn't do it, but I bit the you know I had some work done. I said I'm gonna do it. Hit Twitter. The blue line went two inches, and it never loaded. <laughs> never loaded. Like, All right, it's good for email. Can I get the money back? Nothing else. <laughs> um, okay, so I lost a bet over the weekend. Um, our beloved Western Sydney Wanderers played Sydney FC in the Sydney Derby. Did, wait, I forgot. Do, do Australians say Derby or Derby? Oh, God. You Why forgot. I, you looked it up, too, and yes, you forgot. Yes, I did, but I, I believe it's Derby, but <sighs> I could be. I watched it, too, and they said it, and I can't remember if they said Derby or Derby in Australia. Anyways, I lost a bet on the Sydney Derby slash Derby, and so now here, here's what the terms were of the bet. If Western Sydney Wanderers won... Which is our team. Yes. yes. Steven, <laughs> our Australian listener, was going to have to call on our voicemail line and leave us a voicemail of him singing one of Western Sydney Wanderers' chants. Now, that would be good. Yes, would have been phenomenal. But <laughs> they did not win, which wasn't good, which means Steven, what he wanted was that he got to pick the topic for a segment of Bischoff's briefs. Oh, that's good. So okay. <laughs> it's good until until did he pick got, it? So he sent me a tweet this morning and saying that he couldn't settle 
and I have to I get to choose between one of these two options. So either number one in Bischoff's briefs tomorrow, I will explain why why Kareem Abdul-Jabbar is the greatest of all time. So you have to agree with it and explain. Yes, it. you can't disagree with that. Yes, or number two, and I think this is the one I'm going to do because it's going to make the best radio. I have to explain why expected goals is the worst stat in football and hockey. Well, I already know which one you're taking. So, well, I'm going to do that one. You're taking the latter. Yeah, you're not taking. He, you're not taking the Kareem because that the other one gets you into numbers more weirdly. I mean, you're, yeah, you, you can dive but, to Kareem and just be like, oh, I'll well, Kareem. Not, I could do numbers with Kareem too. You could, but no. But yeah, the reason I'm picking Longevity. number two. The reason I'm picking number two is because it's going to be the exact opposite of what I think. Like, I think expected goals are great. But you have to support it, right? Yeah, and now I've got to argue. I have to argue the other side and say it's a bunch of crap. Steven's so, brilliant. Oh, man. Steven's brilliant. So I think that's that's the one I'm going to do. I, it's going to be yeah, so great. Yeah, that's better than better than Kareem. One, no one would believe you on Kareem, and two, uh, <laughs> you, have to, you, you can maybe sp- you can maybe sell the other one. Kareem, people like come on. I'm going to be a hero of uh, use your eyes, watch the game, the eye test tomorrow. That's going to I'm going to be. A I hero wish of I would tomorrow. have hoped he would have said you have to argument argue that there's such a thing as momentum. Oh boy, that would have been really hard. I for might not have do. been able to pay off the bat. Oh, Millsy the other night with momentum yeah. on game four. Loves Knock it. it off. Eat some so dinosaur for Christ's sake.